Bronson Arroyo said one time in a really bad JTM commercial. We are together again. It is SP3. It is the wrestling legend himself, Dutch Mantel, and the hostess with the mostest, Ricky Chino, here on Smack Talk. It is another Friday. We're on early today. Reminder, reminder that AEW Rampage has Great. been pushed off until 11.30 tonight. Um, and Dutch, uh, that's way past his bedtime for us to come on at 12.30. So we're not... We're not going to cover Rampage tonight. We're going to do a preview of Rampage, and we're going to kind of lead you up to the start of the show. But we got two hours uh, full of SmackDown to talk to you about, plus some huge breaking news today. Make sure to get your comments in. Make sure to get your questions in. We appreciate uh, Ozzy and Nigel and everybody else uh, who is showing up uh, a bit early tonight, which is good for us because that means we can just, you know, get through the show. Some of us can go to bed. Some of us can have a few cold ones. Who knows what the heck's going on? Hello, Rick. Uh, and from North Dakota, check in where you guys are at tonight here on the Sports Geeta Wrestling YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook channels. Yes, Mr. Dutch Mantel. Did you say it's past my bedtime? No, I said 1230. That, I resemble that remark. <laughs> well, you already said that SmackDown that was kind of, you know, that, well, it did put me to sleep almost, but. But it had good. It had some good spots. I will say that I like I like maintenance shows anyway, and that's what we're going to get. We got this week, and we will get next week another maintenance show. Yep. Because there's it. nothing else to do. Peaks. What is valleys. that? What is Peaks that? Some and valleys. Of... That that is what this show was. It was like it was really good, and it was like oh okay, well we're, we're doing this now. Oh, this is really good. Oh okay, we're doing this now. Hey, and it ended on an up note at least. So that's that's where we were. Oh at. yeah. That's where we're at. The, uh, Dutch, or uh, excuse me, uh, Sid, your, your, your girl Rhonda looked great tonight. Yeah. They didn't let her talk. It was perfect. That that They went to her strengths, not talking and getting physical. Works every time. Love the open, love the clothes. Sid, that, that, voice has dropped, that voice has dropped an octave already. <laughs> Sid before was, hey, hey, and now <laughs> But we can get, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. We just need your thoughts anyways, all we need. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I know how to get in and get out. I'm like Rhonda. I, I know my strengths. You end up through a table at the end of the night? Hey, that was a nice little angle. It got some what? heat on Charlotte. Uh, they're, they're, the story that they're trying to get across is that she keeps getting submissions on Rhonda, and Rhonda won't tap, and every time Rhonda gets a submission on her, she taps out. So this story is very simple to follow. It's going to main event night one of WrestleMania. Sorry, Bianca Belair fans and mm-hmm. Becky Lynch fans. So, Not official yet. It, it's I, pretty much official. Until I see a graphic, it ain't official. How until many I time, see a body. Um, Rick, how many times has Bianca and Becky closed Raw? Uh, they and, not- and, and how many weeks in a row has Charlotte and Ronda closed SmackDown? Okay, what are they waiting for? Why don't, why don't they mm. announce it as a main event? Mm. What are they waiting for? Because they never announced the main event until the week before, Rick. Stop playing. Stop playing like you're new to this. You've been analyzing oh, this show for a year. Bianca and Bianca and Sasha, they didn't announce it to the week before WrestleMania. Act like you've been around. Well, it's because they didn't make up their minds until then. We got a super chat in here. Uh, will you talk about finally WWE signing Cody Rhodes tonight? Yes, we will get into that. There's a lot okay, to get into. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Let's do it right now. WWE <laughs> finally signed Cody Rhodes. Uh, according, so we talked about it. So let's go. Keep moving. According to PW Insider, that's what he said. Yeah. 
According to PW Insider, uh, Sam, we do appreciate the Super Chat. If you guys want to guarantee that you'll get uh, your comments through, you can send us a Super Chat, and that uh, we will uh, we'll definitely talk about it. But, yes, uh, PW Insider reporting about, what was it, 6.30, 7 o'clock, something like that, Sid, that uh, uh, WWE and Cody Rhodes have finally come to terms. As a matter of fact, they report that he signed two weeks ago at this point. Um, so there's been a lot of hush-hush. Oh, there's so they've talks, been, talks so they've been kayfabe. They've been kayfabing us. Possibly. That's exactly what they've been doing. Keeping it quiet. Uh, nobody outside of PW Insider has been able to uh, to to confirm this at this time, but uh, apparently it's it's done and set. You could tell by watching Monday Night Raw that the the angle has been for Seth Rollins because Seth Rollins has absolutely nothing. Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer has been saying, look, this is the plan. This is what's on the internal run sheet. But until tonight, we have not gotten any confirmation that Cody has actually put pen to paper, which always left that doubt there. So, Sid, does uh, what, what does this do for you knowing now that Cody reportedly, at least, is under contract and it, it seems like we're going to get him and Seth at WrestleMania? Um... <laughs> I mean, I mean, the buzz, the buzz, the buzz is a little bit off of it because it's been a whole month and we've had all the drama with the talks fizzling out, coming back and all of that. And of course, there is going to be that subsection of WWE or AEW fans that are probably treating this as inevitable doom for Cody Rhodes. So I understand that part, but. 100 this is a huge deal for wwe this is the first guy from aew to make the jump over to their company and it's probably the biggest fish possible that they could have snagged up at founding father a former evp a top star for aew cody rhodes going to wwe is a huge deal but always with wwe in my opinion it's all about the follow-up so I just look forward to what they're going to do. It seems like they are leading up for Cody doing a Hardy Boys at WrestleMania 33 or Undertaker at WrestleMania 34, where they're not going to debut him on any of the television leading up to WrestleMania and bring him out at the show of shows, which is good for Cody because it's a huge stage for him to re-debut. It shows that the WWE view him as a star on the level of the Hardys and the Undertaker to the fact that they are going to make him return there. And the fact that they have kind of played with the rumors because, you know, if the PW Insider report is to be believe that he's been signed for two weeks then they are probably the ones that have been creating all these different reports of talks fizzling out talks back on talks are fizzling out again we don't know if he's coming he might come at jacksonville he might not so they've been popping ratings because people have been watching just to see if cody was going to debut and it didn't happen so now we finally get a full confirmation i'm happy for it i'm looking forward to it once again like i've said before on here i've said it on believe in pro wrestling true hill heat i am more interested in what cody's going to do in wwe than anything besides him turning heel in aew that he was going to do so i'm very interested to see if this is inevitable doom or are they going to treat him like the top star that he's been for the past five years since he left this company yeah, and that's that's the big question. And here, the other part of the PW Insider report that you talk about the follow up to this, the other part of the PW Insider report was that Cody Rhodes is going to Raw. Which Dutch, um, this is something we've talked about before. If you look at the very 
tippy top of the SmackDown main event scene. Yeah, Brock and Roman are there. Drew is still the caliber, even though he's you know middling right now with 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 the Happy Time Gang. It, it, that's it. That, that's it. Yep. They, they they don't have anybody. Big E's now on the shelf for for God knows how long, and he wasn't even being hey, event when he got hurt. They got, they got they, nobody. They oh, got Madcap. WWE is putting. They WWE got Madcap Moss, <laughs> and they got Corbin. What do you want? Damn, you are hard to satisfy, a wrestling fan. I, what do I you need? I I don't. Uh, if you're they bringing, got the backing. If you bring back Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, he can beat Seth Rollins, and then you could still move him over to SmackDown. Like you don't have to. You, there's yeah, no. You, you don't need you a follow up there. You really don't need a follow up there. My my thing is they're probably going to have him and Seth Rollins probably feud all the way through set through uh, SummerSlam probably. But I Dutch, I think SmackDown is, needs it, more anybody. Judge said, "Can you tell the prosecutor that I'd like to talk at some point?" Well, I think you got a little bit of a delay. And I have four. Go ahead. Dutch. Can you hear me now? Yes. We can hear okay. you. You're just a little This delayed. is what I fear. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah. This is what I fear. This is what I fear. I fear Cody going there and he'll be a big deal one week and two weeks. The third week he slides. Then the fourth week he's fading into the background. By the sixth week, all the buzz is gone and he's just another guy. That's what I fear. Because that's what they have shown us. That's what they can do. And I, Cody Rhodes, he's not anywhere near the star that his daddy was. I don't think he's anywhere near the star that his brother was, to tell you the truth. Because unless I don't know what kind. Of, if he's going to be, he's going to be Cody Rhodes. If he's going to have some kind of star man gimmick, I think he's a good addition. But I don't, I don't see him moving the needle at all. Well, so and, by, and just by him take, taking him from AEW, that's what wrestlers do. They jump back and forth. So I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a big win for WWE or a great loss for AEW. I think they're going to continue to do exactly what they've done. Well, Sid, this is something that we've talked about before. That like, and this is no disrespect to Cody Rhodes, because and I do disagree with Dutch. I think uh, he's uh, a, a little bit of a bigger star than what Dutch is letting on, but. Cody's loss does not hurt AEW's product at all. As a matter of fact, it kind of helps him out because it really kind of, it, it opens up spots for other people to step into the spotlight. I mean, just look at the pay-per-view numbers for AEW. All Out is their highest grossing pay-per-view that they've ever done. Cody wasn't on the card. Their second highest grossing pay-per-view was the last pay-per-view, AEW Revolution. Cody wasn't on the card. And the third highest grossing pay-per-view was Full Gear, and Cody was in a random tag match that nobody was really interested in. So... Does does AEW really lose anything by losing Cody Rose when you added on CM Punk, Adam Cole, uh, Brian Danielson? I'm, I'm you just brought in, huh? I'm vindicated. Thank you. You are you you definitely are. I I do agree with you that in the sense Please? that Dutch is in the sense that Dutch is talking about is Cody a needle mover. I couldn't really say that. I can't really say that for sure. Is he going to really make a difference in the ratings for Raw that has been on a downside for the past decade? It may be for a few weeks, like Dutch said. Yeah, the initial the initial interest is going to be there for sure. But it's all about the follow-up. That's what I said, that this is great news for WWE in the interim. 
up until they can create this buzz and, you know, build anticipation for his eventual return and debut at WrestleMania. But it's all about what they do after WrestleMania. This is going to be a big introduction, a big reintroduction for Cody Rhodes, but it's all about follow-up. He can be a big-time pickup for them right now, but in like a month, he can be just another guy because that's what WWE does. They They make the brand WWE those three letters are the biggest stars in the company the only people that they have allowed to be on the same level as those three letters are roman reigns and brock lesnar the biggest wrestlemania match of all time you know ronda rousey is a big time star in our own right but like yeah those three are the real big names like charlotte and becky are kind of just underneath the three letters but they ain't on the same level as the three letters so those are kind of the three names that are kind of on the same level everybody else they just make a guy or a girl yeah i think initially people are going to agree Like you said, I think people initially are going to tune in because there's going to be that intrigue. They want to see how Cody Rhodes is presented in WWE. They want to see how he's going to be booked uh, in WWE. If he comes out at WrestleMania and he loses to Seth Rollins, oh boy. Like in in a vacuum, there's nothing wrong with losing to Seth Rollins. Nothing at all. But you show up in Dallas, you make your big deal. On the first time out, yeah, you lose. Yeah, the air's gone. The air's gone. It's done. Yeah. Get out of the bubble. So he's got to show up. He's got to show up. He's got to put on a banger match with Seth Rollins. He's got to beat Seth Rollins. And then after that, yeah, it's on it's on WWE creative at that point. Honestly, honestly, he doesn't after that he's dead. Honestly, he doesn't need to have a banger match. A banger match is not going to do anything for Cody as far as WWE views him. The best thing for Cody is him being the Undertaker at WrestleMania 34 and beating Seth Rollins in like three minutes. That says more for what WWE is going to do with him more than him having a great 15, 20-minute match with Seth Rollins. What would you think, Dutch? How would How would you book Cody Rhodes' return? Well, I think I would have had him show up tonight and start the buzz early. Then he's going to be on Raw, build the Raw audience. Then he's going to be back on SmackDown, maybe. But And if he's going against uh, Seth, I'd have them maybe not go three minutes, not go 20, but maybe go in, say, 10, 12 minutes. But I think Cody needs to get the dog crap kicked out of him and then still win, slide over, and take off. I know WWE doesn't like little color, but I don't think that would hurt him either. I mean, if he just got the crap beat out of him before he can't go, and all of a sudden he reached down, he pulled it out, pinned him, one, two, three, and he's out of that ring. And Seth Rollins can't believe it, and people, if he sells, the people are going to get with him. They're going to say, come on, come on, come on, come on, and kind of leave him happy, but leave him, I believe him bloodied up. That's what I do. I don't know if they do that, but that's what I'd do if he do it. Yeah, that was what part would you of the, do? That was part of the thing that uh, why Brian Danielson left is he kind of talked to Vince McMahon. He's like, "Look, I really just want to be able to kind of bleed a little bit." And Vince was like, "Sorry, I can't do that." And they just, for whatever reason, unless it's accidental, they don't they don't want to go there. I would have Cody Rhodes show up the night of WrestleMania. I think at this point, all of the all of the buzz and the energy and the excitement that you would get from 
it's three weeks. I wish I had. Ago. Wish I had my bullwhip right now. <laughs> I just bullwhipped the crap out of damn. Hey, right we're now. allowed to disagree. We're allowed to disagree. I would have. I would continue. Uh, I know. I know. The internet build up the buzz for this. I would continue to let the internet build up the buzz. Oh, Cody Rhodes is signed. That means it's <laughs> up on Monday, right? Everybody tunes in. No, Cody Rhodes ain't there. Oh, the following week. Oh, well, Cody Rhodes has got to. They got to show up. What are they going to do with Seth Rollins? He's got to. They got to show up on Monday. No, sorry, Cody Rhodes ain't there. Seth Rollins comes out at WrestleMania 38. He issues an open challenge, whether it's <coughs> night two. Maybe you have a fake out like you did at SummerSlam where you had Carmella come out and everybody was all pissed off that Carmella was out there answering the challenge for uh, against Bianca Belair. And then Becky's music hit. And then literally the entire stadium was shaking. It was so loud in there. Trust me, I was there. Um, that's what I would do with Cody Rhodes. Now, his music. Rick, let's be honest. You were shaking, and that's why you thought the building was shaking. Oh, well, no, the building was shaking because the acoustics right. were fantastic. But, uh, yeah, and I did come out of my chair. I'm not going to – what? I'm a, I'm a homer. I'll admit it. Uh, you think I'm afraid to admit that? Hell no. Um, but I would book him night of WrestleMania, and <laughs> I, I'm saying somewhere between <laughs> – six to 10 minutes because I think that's where all the matches are going to land. If you remember WrestleMania last year, even with the two nighter, all those matches were short. They really kind of filled up the time with the pomp and circumstance of WrestleMania. Like they love to add all the fluff. It's like cotton candy. They just add all the freaking air into the sugar. Right. And it's mostly the pomp and circumstance and not the matches so much. I think there was only a hand, a couple of matches that went over 10 minutes last year. So no, this isn't going to go very long, but it doesn't mean it had, it's not going to be good. I kind of agree with Dutch that the best thing for Cody, the best thing for Cody would be showing up before WrestleMania because I don't, I, I, I agree and disagree with Dutch. I don't think getting the, the fans are going to get on his side more by him getting his butt kicked by Seth Rollins. The fans are going to get on his side with a microphone in his hand. That's what Cody Rose, yeah. that, that has gotten Cody Rose over more than anything. So him cutting a promo, his introduction promo to WWE is going to be the thing that gets the most attention. So if he is returning at WrestleMania, I would love Seth Rollins to be like, oh, Kevin Owens on, you know, night one, you do the Kevin Owens and Austin thing that turns into a whole brawl. And then Seth Rollins shows up on night two, starts off the show. And he's like, you know what? I don't care what anybody says. I'm doing my talk show, the Seth, the Seth freaking Rollins chatter or whatever he called it. And I, I am giving, I'm letting anyone, anyone be my guest. The next person that comes out and then ooh, we get the Cody elevator. He comes up, <laughs> he does his whole, his whole elaborate entrance. He cuts a promo on Seth. They get into a brawl and it basically is the kickoff of their rivalry. We don't need a full matchup right there. But like I said, Cody is going to get the most attention and get the fans on his side with a microphone and cutting a different type of promo because anyone who cuts a different type of promo immediately stands out in this company. Like Pat McAfee on yeah. the SmackDown show, I yeah. put him in the top five talkers in WWE because that was so different from every other promo that we hear the you people promos from the Becky Lynch's and the Charlotte Flayers of the world or the, you know, rally them up babyface promos that we get from like the drew mcintyre's of the world immediately pat mcafee stood out because he said the words professional wrestling it's two yep. words that vince mcmahon would never allow if that wasn't pat mcafee who gets four million dollars a year from sirius xm so i 
I want Cody Rhodes to be different and do a different type of WWE promo than what we usually hear, and that will immediately make the fans interested in him. Here's here's I, I love. So that you're I, saying who is who who is going to write this promo? Cody, right? Yes. He has to do it. Yes. Well, that may work. I hope they let a lot of guys start doing their own promos. You I can, mean, you can you, tell Pat McAfee had free reign to say whatever he wanted tonight. Yes. And it was great because Pat McAfee is a damn good, and Dutch is gone. But, uh, but, but Rick, look at the people that are the best on the mic in WWE. Edge writes his own promos. Kevin Owens has yep. free reign for his own promos. Paul Heyman writes his own promos. Roman has been the most improved on the mic, writes his own promos. Anyone that does their own promos or has free range to kind of do their own thing on the mic immediately becomes one of the best talkers in this company. And Pat McAfee, like I said, he had a heated, very heated, really good promo on this show. And I immediately put him in the top five because that was different from every other promo that we hear on these shows. He has a charisma and an energy about him that WWE probably wishes a lot of their superstars had. Like, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with this. Man, we wish everybody could be like Pat. Can you hear me now? Am yeah, I am I delayed? Yeah. Okay, good. We got you. Um, okay. Here's the thing. I like your idea about an altercation setting up the match, and I think that's where you have the benefit of having two nights. So who's to say that you couldn't have Seth Rollins maybe involved? Uh, somewhere on night one, Kevin Owens and Stone Cold might be on night one. We don't know which night that's going to be yet, but you could have Seth Rollins involved and Cody could show up on night one and set up the match for night two. And I say they might do that. I think they might do something like that because on Sunday at WrestleMania Access, they're advertising a special guest at 1130 at WrestleMania Access on Sunday. So to me, that screams Cody. I'm not saying it's Cody but it could very well be Cody. So that makes me think maybe he's showing up and either they're going to do the full match or whatever on Saturday and then have the aftermath be on raw, or you could set something up Saturday and have it come out on Sunday and kind of build up at least a little bit of buzz about Cody showing up uh, at WrestleMania night one. And have, have they announced Stone Cold for WrestleMania access? Uh, they have not. No. So that could possibly that's, be, that's the big name. Probably they, they usually we get all the fans but, that, that come up and be like, Oh, it's going to be this person. It's going to be that person. And it's usually the most obvious person. And that's stone cold. That's fair. fair. Yeah, but stone, stone cold and Kevin are night one, right? Yeah. I don't think is that night one. Okay. Yeah, that's not I heard it was night one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I hadn't seen it uh, assigned yet. So yeah, that's going to be on night one. That's what I said. <laughs> Uh, Dutch, the other big news that came out this week was not nearly as uh, – it's not good news at all. Uh, Sunday, uh, Scott Hall was put on life support, and uh, by Monday night, right around Raw time, uh, uh, he was gone. Uh, obviously, a guy who had major influence on the business. Um, you know, he changed a lot – he changed the game for, for a lot of talent, you know, moving forward with jumping over to – uh, WCW with with Kevin Nash and uh, contracts and everything like that. Obviously, the first ladder match in WWE. Uh, he left his mark on the business and on a lot of people. Uh, any thoughts on uh, Scott Hall as the uh, the man, the myth, and the legend? And uh, 
you know, you were kind of telling us uh, pre-show that uh, you had an interesting run in with Scott Hall at one point. Well, he is, he was just starting in the business and I was in Continental, which was, you know, the old territory like Alabama, Mississippi, part of North Florida. And it was a really, really good. I mean, they had great TV. And Ron Fuller was, was the owner and booker, and he was very creative. So I was going to this town one night with Robert, and he told me that Scott Hall was coming in, and I had him that night. I said, oh, okay. And it's no secret Robert liked to do the chemicals a little bit. So he was, he was hitting the blow a little bit on the way down. And when he would do that, his hair would just like stand up on his head, and he'd pull it. And he'd be talking, oh, God, and I kept watching the road because I didn't, I didn't know where it was going. So we got to the building, went in, and Robert disappeared. Show supposed to start at 8.30. Robert disappeared about 7.30. Nobody knew where he went. Here it is, quarter to eight, no booker. Eight o'clock, no booker. 8.15, Jimmy Golden, which is his partner, come up to me. He said, where's? Where's Robert? I said, I, I don't know. He's your cousin. You tell me. So he said, well, we got to get this show running. So we gave out some early finishes, and I had I had Scott. And I didn't know where Scott went, but I had seen Robert, I mean, Scott going up the stairs, way down the hallway. As it turned out, Robert and Scott had been together for about 45 minutes for an hour before that show doing God knows what. So I didn't know what kind of shape he would be in. He looked great. He was like 6'5", 260, 270. And I had never actually had a match with him. My first concern is myself, of course. I don't want to get hurt. Should so be. I said, bring, bring, bring Scott here. I'm going to give him this finish. And I figured less is more. I said, I'm going to get in the ring Scott, and let me get him, get him riled up, going a little bit, and we'll play your music. Down you come. When the bell rings, I'll turn to argue with the with the crowd. Run right in behind me and pin me. One, two, three. He pinned me in about four seconds. The place went nuts. Then he left. Of course, I got back on the mic. A big deal. I wasn't ready. You cheated. <laughs> Let's do this again. He got back in the ring. This time I attacked him, shot him in, he ducked the clothesline, come off, hit me with a big boot, pinned me again, one, two, three. That's two pins in less than 30 seconds. The guy was over because less is more. That's what they're going to remember. And then we started the, th the, the third fall because I begged and pleaded off him $5,000. If he could do it again, he got back and started beating my, beating my ass. Now Robert shows up because Jimmy showed up somehow after the show started. I guess because Scott had to go to the ring, and then they hit, and then when we had that big melee going on, then Robert's opponent, Robert and Jimmy's opponent hit. That was the main event. And he told me about that, I don't know, 15 years later. Dutch. <laughs> you remember that finish we did in Dothan? Oh, man. And, and other guys used to tell me, said he, he's told that finish a lot. So, but anyway, that was the way I got him over, not because I really wanted to get him over, because I was kind of worried about myself, but it worked. Because when the people leave, they've never seen that finish before, 
and Scott Hall was over because he but and he looked like a million dollars too. So he became he became a over a overnight star, and I think he stayed around maybe six months. And I don't know if this was before. I think it was for his his uh, Mid Atlantic run with Dan Spivey when they were called American Starship. I think he he went to there from from uh, Continental and became a star. And he did change the business. Him and Kevin Nash changed the business. They did because I was there the night in Madison Square Garden when they had the what they call that the click, what they call the huddle, what was the curtain it? call? Yeah, uh, the curtain call, brother. I was standing about ten feet from Vince. Boy, it, his head was glowing red. He was so hot, and he went back to the room, and I heard screaming and throwing. I said, "Well, I guess I better get out of here." <laughs> and I, he didn't talk to any of those guys when they come back, so it was left to another day. And out of the ones who did the curtain call, Michaels and Triple H and Nash and Hall, none of them got punished except Triple H. Because Hall and Nash left, can't punish somebody when they're not there. Michaels was a champion, so you can't punish him. So all that punishment really went down to, to Triple H. And for about six months after that, on every house show, Triple H was looking at the lights every night. And he would come back and he said, what do you say? <laughs> but he set an example, so I don't, I don't think nobody else would do that. What did you think when that happened, Rick? When what happened? The curtain call. Oh, one of my... Um, <laughs> well, we were talking about four different things there, so you could have said, but one of my favorite things about that that curtain call is like Triple H was heavily rumored to win the King of the Ring that year. Yep. And then he didn't get that spot. Stone Cold nope. got that spot. And then Stone Cold cuts the Austin 316 promo after he won King of the Ring. Austin 316 does not happen if the curtain call does not happen which is one of my favorite little what ifs about the world of professional wrestling. That is one of my favorite things. It, it's, it's insane how things can get set up that way. So you're saying that unless that had happened, would also still be a big star like he is now? Yes, he would. Because, he would. because WWE lies to the fans. The Austin 316 promo wasn't what put Austin at the top. It was the feud with Bret Hart at the end of the year. Because for months after that, they were kind of having him versus Mark Merrow. He was on the pre-show to SummerSlam. It wasn't until he started building up to Bret's return where he really caught fire. But no, we wouldn't have gotten the most iconic promo of Austin's career without the curtain call. And funny enough, this is the second time this week I'm talking about the curtain call because Dutch, that was the very first event I went to. My eighth birthday, really? my mom took me to that that house show because that was on, I think, May 17th, 1996. My birthday is May 18th. Really? So the first ever live event I went to at Madison Square Garden. So literally, folks, my wrestling fandom and kayfabe <laughs> was killed the first time yeah. I went to a wrestling event because <laughs> I was totally... I was totally confused at eight years old with my favorite Shawn Michaels, one of my other favorites, Razor Ramon, hugging Diesel, who just turned on on Shawn and and Hunter Hemsley, who I hated at the time. I was totally dumbfounded. I was like, Mom, 
what's going on? Like I was, I was totally confused. You just got told Santa didn't exist, basically. <laughs> Apologies. That's a great. That's, that's a great. That's a great story. So, and I've never, I, I've never heard anybody talk like that because they were a fan, bought a ticket, and then they saw that and said, "What the hell is going on?" So, yeah. but great story. Great story. So you didn't know what to think at eight years old, right? At, at eight years old, I was generally dumbfounded. And like, it was fun. It, you know, the funnier story is my next event was Survivor Series 1996. I'm still a big Shawn Michaels fan. And I don't know if you remember this one, Dutch. He went against Sid and the crowd totally turned on him. So I was upset that Shawn was getting booed out the building. But my mom like looks at me. She's like, why are you upset? You don't hear them. They're chanting your name. Because they were chanting Sid, Sid, Sid. 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 <laughs> well, that was good. My first, my first two events at Madison Square Garden totally messed up my childhood. I think. <laughs> well, at least we have an explanation for why you yeah. are. Uh, at least you have an excuse. What's your excuse, Rick? Oh, I've been. I was hit. I had an older brother. I got hit in the head a lot. You know what it is. That's that's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> Uh, we got a huge super chat here from Ronald Curtis. We really appreciate your support, Ronald. Uh, he says, uh, March 7th, 2003, episode of SmackDown. Rock versus Scott Hall. First, you notice the similar ring gear, no ring tape, two elbow pads, two knee pads, briefs, and boots. You can easily see that the Rock's punches and stomps came from Scott Hall. Beautiful stuff. Scott Hall, Scott, that's one of the, like, Scott Hall got a lot of the little things right, like his mannerisms, the way he, like, presented himself on the camera, but most of all, his punches, he has probably, in my opinion, right up there with, like, the, the Jerry the King Lawlers of the world as far as the best work punches I've seen in my lifetime, Scott Hall is one of them, so I totally understand, and The Rock did confirm what Rollins said, so that's a great super chat that he did take a lot of, you know, the stomps the punches his arm pads from scott hall so he's a he's a trendsetter he's a pioneer in a lot of things and especially when you talk about a guy in wrestling that oozes charisma he said it himself he oozed machismo he oozed that charisma in every sense of the world like there will probably never be as cool of a wrestler at a time than razor ramon you know legitimately i thought he was cuban for at least a decade and so so he was able to get across that character in no other no other person could have accomplished what he accomplished as Razor Ramon. In my opinion, the greatest WWE superstar to never win the WWF or WWE championship. I, I would agree with that. See, I started watching after he had gone to WCW. So I had no idea who the hell Razor Ramon was until quite some time later. So I go back and I start watching some of this stuff. I'm like, what the is this <laughs> like why is scott hall cuban what is happening here so i saw it all in reverse so i never really got to watch razor ramon but yeah scott hall the outsiders nwo that's where i really kind of got in there and he was definitely one of the guys you know he and ddp and you know the monday night wars there were lots of guys that kept me going that was when you know wrestling was at its peak uh for me was when it, when i first dived in um so yeah so, so he so he was portraying a cuban character Correct. Yeah, I thought it's yeah, I thought it's either that or Puerto Ricans 
Oh, I could take it. Basically, I think what what the story is is that Vince told him that he wanted basically like a Scarface type character, and that's yeah. what he came up with. Yeah. Well, he did it well because he got your attention. And the thing about Scott, when he did an interview, he didn't rush through it. He did it in character, took his time, flicked the little toothpick, and he was gone. Chico, Chico. He was good, very good. I feel like we all need, uh, like we all need toothpicks right now. All right, let's dive into uh, Friday Night SmackDown, shall we? Again, peaks and valleys tonight. Started off with a peak. Roman Reigns and the Bloodline. They come down to the ring. Kind of a weird thing they do with Paul Heyman here, where Paul's like, "Oh, he's stuck on a tarmac somewhere. You know, everything's fine. He's not going to be here tonight." And then, literally, like a minute later, "Oh shit, he's landed. He's on his way here." They all go run into the back, and then, oh no, actually, it turns out Brock's there, and he's got a damn forklift, and then he plows the forklift into the car, and then boom, we cut the commercial. Uh, and then we'll come back like three or four minutes later and Brock is destroying the car as, uh, as, as the guys flee out. Look, cowboy Brock is entertaining as hell. All right. He he's having the time of his life on that forklift. He, they get the other truck. Brock rips the door off the other truck. Then he's carrying the damn trophy basically down to the ring and cuts a promo saying, look, I'm out for blood. He's the he's the best right now. Cowboy Brock, babyface Brock, is the most fun I've had watching Brock Lesnar on my TV screen ever, ever. Great segment, because that's what to me that's what WWE is good at segments like that, where they can just do something. You don't see a forklift go through a car every day, and there are people watching that has, has never seen old WWE. They've never seen uh, the Stone Cold drive to the ring in a beer truck and spray it down or any of that other stuff. So seeing this tonight was vintage WWL. And it worked. And it got Brock over. And they took up that first 30 minutes of the show, but it was entertaining. Actually better than a match. Well, I have to give credit where credit's due. Brock played his role good. And I think he's he's good in this role. So and they need him in this role Badly. because they don't have it, they don't have anybody else that's got personality. They got guys that can wrestle and cut some some half half ass interviews. But you believe Brock? You believe he could kick your butt? You believe he could kick Roman Reigns' butt? And I, I think they 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 did this perfect. To a team. Nothing was needed. And I hope they don't forget because I've said a, a, a lot of times they need to do stuff, more stuff out of the ring, not necessarily in the back right there, but on the road. And this was a, this was a start to it. I hope they keep this up. Said when we, uh, when, when Brian Danielson left WWE, we said, the, this was an issue because they desperately needed somebody to jump into that that top babyface level atmosphere. Never in a million years did I think Brock Lesnar would be the guy that took that spot, but he's taken that spot. He definitely has, and he's been 
amazing in it. Like a lot of people feel like this is the best role that he's played. You know, we've seen the next best, the next big thing when he first was introduced. We saw the Beast Incarnate when he returned into 2012. But this Cowboy Brock and Cowboy Brock basically turned into Stone Cold uh, Brock Austin on this episode because, like Dust yeah, said, this was this was straight out of the Attitude Era in every single way. The way it was shot, the the Brock with the with the smile on his face while he's in the forklift that was just a great visual right there i mean i was totally dumbfounded at how the bloodline was unscathed in the limo that had glass shatter inside of it with the forklift but i mean i i i asked that question on twitter but i didn't care about the question i was entertained by all of this and brock coming out with the with the chair was very unique probably my favorite brock lesnar entrance to the ring so all of this was very enjoyable and this was probably the peak of the entire episode that's not a good thing uh, when uh when it's the, the the start of the show and you've already kind of you know blown it uh blown everything you got on that uh, on that first part and, and if i could nitpick it was a little bit away from the roman reigns character that we have established he was very much a chicken shit heel in this whole scenario because as soon as he found out that brock was showing up he was like well you you could finish the segment i'm out of here it was funny it's always funny when he interacts with with Heyman, but that was a little bit off from the roman reigns character that has been established the same roman reigns character that stacked up a hall of famer and daniel bryan the greatest wrestler of our generation last year at wrestlemania i don't think he would be running out the ring because brock lesnar was just going to show up when he has two other guys behind him to back i was going to say you got you got two you got two cousins you could feed brock lesnar just like here take him take paul Heyman. let me get my ass out like that would have been better to me like if they just would have if he would have sacrificed his family, his bloodline, and left the tribal chief for Brock. Le- I think maybe they're waiting until like the go home show before Brock finally gets his hands on Paul Heyman, or maybe it's they even wait until the main event of WrestleMania. But I mean, that would have been a little bit better. That would have been more in tune to the to the Roman Reigns character, like you're saying. But it doesn't stop this whole opener from being just entertaining. There were some oh, things again that didn't make any sense, but it was it was hilarious. So I don't yeah. care at the end of the day. I did like, like I said, nitpicks. nitpicks. Well, I'm on nitpick. One of the things that I noticed, Brock was looking one way and got out of the trunk. It went that way and then turned and went the other way. I went, yes. wait a minute, what was he looking at? <laughs> but he saw he knew the truck was behind him. I don't know how. I, I think I think I that, that was a bad, I think that was a bad edit job because you you saw because they had the bloodline was getting into the car, and I think it was Jay Uso. He's looking over his left shoulder, like, we got to get the hell out of here. We got to get the hell out of here. And then Brock, they, they pan to Brock, and they're holding it like five seconds. And then all of a sudden, it's like he hears something, and then he turns around and he starts running toward the, the, the truck. So I think they, they edited that poorly. I think they left a little too much space between cuts, and that's why it got a little confusing there. That's just my video editing expertise, which I don't have a whole lot of, but that's just my guess. Don't, you don't see a whole lot of bad edits with WWE. I think that was bad. Well, we shouldn't have saw that one. <laughs> when he got out, then they should have done something. But the people don't look at it that way. Oh, that was a bad edit. Right. No, they don't. No. no. They were looking at it like it was live. Correct. So that's what we got. I, I do wish they wouldn't have just cut to commercial and then came back. It's like, while we were away, this is what happened. Like, 
just just keep it with us. It was an extra two or three minutes. You could have, you know, cut away and then had Brock come out with the damn door and do it. But it's like, oh, cool. This is getting really good. And stick through the commercial break. We'll be right back after this. It's such a well, they had to network they, thing. They, too, they literally had Brock go into an empty Range Rover, despite us just seeing the bloodline going oh, sure into the car. And then they had the bloodline get into the car after the forklift was in. So they kind of had to do that commercial break. So I'm not going to hold that against them. I mean, you could have done the whole, you could have taped the whole thing in advance. And as soon as the bloodline runs backstage up, cut from the live feed and play the whole video that you, you shot earlier. Oh, the day. They did do it in advance. It have to. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, they totally did. And they showed the video package that they put together, but they could have just done it all in one motion. That, that was definitely just to keep people through the commercial break. That's all that was. That was just a WWE. We got to keep, we got to keep the numbers up kind of thing, which I understand. As a guy who's in the business, doesn't mean I got to like it either. Our first match of the night saw Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura defeat Los Lotharios ahead of their tag team title defense at, uh, or tag team title match, excuse me, at WrestleMania. Bloodline was already out the door, so couldn't do anything with them, which is fine because typically the tag team build for a pay-per-view is just the challengers and the champions fighting in some capacity leading up yes. to the damn pay-per-view. Uh, but getting Boogs and Nakamura a win, not gonna not gonna be mad at it. I think it was fine. It was a fine match. I do think it's really they, they kissed the same girl. Was it the same one as last week? No, it was the same one. Don't you think, Sid? I mean I mean, I'll be honest, since I wasn't on last week, I did not watch SmackDown, ladies and gentlemen. The same, Neither the was Los Lotharios. It would have been two weeks ago. I I, I thought About she two looked weeks familiar, ago. but I couldn't same. uh same one. But they could be planning something for her. But it was the same girl. Well, she is a wrestler, so maybe. I'm, I'm maybe. And you know, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of worried, Rick, that you missed that little clue. Because you're always picking that stuff up. He does. He does usually pick that stuff up. He's off no, his game. Today. It was. A, it was the same girl. Which is fine, my mate. She's a good-looking girl. You know, they took a shot of her two weeks in a row I, of them kissing her. To be honest, I didn't pay that much of attention. Did, to did you miss two weeks ago, Rick? That's true. That is true. You missed two weeks ago. You missed last week, right? Yeah. That's why you missed it. You're, you're so the who was the only one holding the goddamn force? <laughs> you're, you're the one. You're, you're the one. <laughs> Damn. Yes. Raju, you, you hear that? I was holding the fort down. I don't know where these guys were. Read you what he's trying to tell you is that the show is no longer smack talk. It is Dutch talk. It's Dutch talk. If Rick will let me talk. You look, you've spent most of the show talking. I'm just trying to set stuff up for you. Uh, I do find it interesting how they book Nakamura and Bugs because if you look at the way Bugs presents himself, it's like Shinsuke Nakamura is the man, right? Like he he puts Shinsuke Nakamura up on this pedestal every time they're coming down to the ring. They're coming down to his music. He's talking about how he's here to party with Shinsuke Nakamura. Then when they book these guys into a tag team match, it's all about Boogs. Yeah, they pushing him strong. I don't mind it. I, I don't. I've decided. I, don't I, I have finally. I have finally decided who Boogs looks like. He's a cross between Rick Steiner and Rick Rude. Just a shorter Rick Rude. He kind of looks like him. 
I thought you were going to say Freddie Mercury. Uh, see, you need to stop thinking, Rick. See, his mind's always in the gutter. Probably over there thinking about doing why, why drugs. Why Freddie Mercury in the gutter? I just. Well, he he was a little bit of a he was he was out there, buddy. You know they announced he had AIDS, and then the next day he died. Did you know that? When they announced he had AIDS, the next day he died. I said, "Damn, that's a that was quick." Oh, yeah, must be a hell. He had no, he'd had it a while, but when they announced it, then he he went the next day. I don't I don't think we're we're making a big enough deal about former champion Angel Garza <laughs> getting pinned in this matchup. I think that's uh, the big I, yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, biggest yeah. news coming out of this match. That is. Well, it was twenty four seven champ Angel Garza. Which one did he? He, he was a uh, former, I think, yeah, twenty four seven as well as well as a uh, cruiserweight championship. You know that title that doesn't exist anymore. But yeah. former champion was pinned yeah. on SmackDown. Yes, yes, that. So a huge win for Rick Boogs is what you're saying here. Huge win for Rick Boogs, and I. Absolutely. You know what? Do we think that they have a chance in hell of beating the Usos at WrestleMania? Because I do. Right now, I got him. I got him as lock, seal, and delivered. I think Rick Boogs is is pinning somebody and winning the dang tag team titles at WrestleMania. Well, the two hints that we got is that they've been talking about the Usos holding the titles for the longest and being the longest reigning SmackDown tag team champions. That's usually when they're about to lose the titles that they start talking about that type of stuff, except if you're Roman Reigns, of course. Um, And then also the way they've been pushing Bugs, they've been pushing Bugs a lot harder than they've been pushing either Jay or Jimmy. Here's the other thing. I think you didn't ask ask me, Rick. See what he does. What do you think, Dutch? Oh, I don't care. No, I, no, I think they retain. Really, I do. I think they would hurt. I think it would hurt the Usos if they uh, if they lost the title. Of course, they'd just take them right back. Probably. But I, but I don't. But they could go the happy route, and you know, and it gives them a different look for a while. So, I, I think the Usos retain. I really do. I'm gonna say that. Boogs and Nakamura win simply for the fact that they did one introduction for Rick Boogs without having a championship involved when he did the introduction, and it was awkward as hell. Now, all of a sudden, he's saying, the future tag team champions, and I'm like, okay, they're going to win because Rick Boogs' intro is terrible without throwing in a champion. The the cadence is just off, so I could see Vince going, damn it, we got to put a title on him. I'll win the tag team titles at WrestleMania. <laughs> we got a six-man tag tonight where uh, Drew McIntyre. This is actually a good. Like, uh, well, Drew's always good in the ring, but you kind of roll your eyes when you see the six, the happy folk out there, and the six-man tag team match they were supposed to get last week that didn't happen because Corbin and the gang jumped everybody. But this was a really good series at the end by Drew McIntyre. He just continues to look incredibly strong. Hopefully, they're setting him up as a challenger to Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar after WrestleMania. Um, they have a Michinoku driver to Shanky. That's that's no uh, small feat whatsoever. Uh, he gets the win uh, in this matchup, which was time filler, but hey, at least it had a fun ending. It was a, wasn't a bad match, but I don't think there was any doubt what was going to happen, but it was what it was. No big mess-ups. I think they got the heat on the wrong guy. They should have got the heat on the smaller Viking instead of the big one. But those two Vikings can move to be as big as they are. They can, they can move. I'm kind of impressed by them. And the people kind of like them. So 
That's what they're looking for, connection to that crowd. And they're connecting. Oh, they looked like they were tonight. That's how the game. Crowd was into a lot of tonight, actually. This was one of the better WWE crowds we've seen in some time, Sid. Yeah, Charlotte is usually a good crowd for WWE. They're usually into a lot of different stuff. And I do agree that the Viking Raiders seem like they were over here. And Drew had a kind of like a Cesaro S hot tag here with a nice burst of offense. But I can care less about this matchup, to be honest with you. Anything involving Madcap Moss, you just immediately. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you guys get the sense Uh, that maybe. Yeah, I did. I was going to say the same thing. Maybe a, little, a, a little tension between them. Yeah, yes. maybe they're going to start to uh, split them up. Maybe they got something else for Madcap in mind. Well, maybe. maybe get him back to him, Nick Moss. Pushing him out of an airplane at 35,000 feet. That'd be good. He, he's, 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 big actually, he's actually good in the ring. So I no, think he is good. He they, is good. they might make him the baby face and have him feud with Corbin coming out of WrestleMania. No, they're going to drop Moss from his name. And then they're going to have a feud with Butch. And then we're going to have Mad Cat versus Butch at WrestleMania Backlash. (laughs) One of the better things I think that happened on this show tonight, and it wasn't necessarily what was good for this show, but what I think is going to be great for WrestleMania is Sami Zayn challenging Johnny Knoxville to an anything goes match. I said this is something that you and I have talked about on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Make sure to subscribe, by the way. That is spelled B-L-E-A-V. Um, they needed this stipulation. They needed this stipulation because it's going to hide any of Johnny Knoxville's deficiencies as an actual like in-ring performer. I think it would have been a mistake for him unless he is going hardcore training like Bad Bunny did last year to try and do an actual one-on-one matchup with Sami Zayn. And then two, this is the equalizer for him. It gives him a chance to win the matchup now because a one-on-one matchup, he should lose that a million times out of a million to a guy the caliber of Sami Zayn. So this makes sense. doesn't make sense for Sammy to be the one to kind of make that challenge, but whatever. I love Johnny Knoxville's response tonight, though. Johnny Knoxville, again, has taken to WWE like a duck to water, and he's another one of these guys who, I mean, he's an actor, so obviously he knows how to act, but he can cut a promo, and he's genuinely entertaining, and I continue to enjoy this build. I think it does make sense for Sami Zayn to be the one to make the challenge because he's the one that got cost the Intercontinental Champion. He's the one that got docs last week. So, yeah, like he's the one that is angry right now and he wants to destroy uh, Johnny Knoxville. He doesn't want to just pin him in a ring. He wants to like break him down. So that's why he made the challenge for the anything goes. And it works out great for Johnny Knoxville because we're going to get jackass like stunts in this matchup and we're going to probably get steve-o and we man involved the jackass crew is going to probably get involved this is going to be probably the most fun outside of stone Cold steve austin seeing him get physical with with kevin owens probably the most fun the entire wrestlemania two night event is going to be johnny moxville and Sami Zayn. and in my opinion they're like right up there for the best build-up to this wrestlemania so far because both guys have been good on the mic the angles have worked the crowd is into it they are invested they got mainstream media attention with dmz DMZ all over it it. so this is everything it checks all the boxes as far as what the fans want and what vince once out of a feud going into WrestleMania, Knoxville and Sami Zayn have been hitting it out the park. 
Well, I think if they introduce Steve-O and that other cast at different points, that'll pop the crowd every time. Because the crowd already knows, they already know these guys. Mm -hmm. So when they pop that O, and what else has he got, and what else has he got, I think I'm looking forward to seeing this match because they got an open canvas, and they can do what they want to do. And they can do whatever finish they want to do. And I think if Knoxville even beats him, it doesn't, even, it doesn't hurt Sami Zayn at all. If Sami beats him, it, it's nothing. I think they will have him beat Sami some kind of crazy way. And, but it, it will be good. And I'm looking forward to see what kind of creativity they put to it. Because I think it's going to be a masterpiece of entertaining bullcrap. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Sammy, Sammy doesn't need to win the match. He wins by being in the match because he's the one that's all over TMZ. He's the one that's getting the mainstream coverage right next to Johnny Knoxville. Yep. So, And if these guys go out there and put on an entertaining match and Sammy gets beat like I think he's going to get beat, who cares? At the end of the day, we're all entertained, and that's his job. Well, guys like Sammy Zayn in a territory, guys like Sammy Zayn are – Priceless. They're priceless to have on a roster. Because you can put them anywhere you want. You can put them on commentary. You can actually make them a referee. Because he's that over. I think he's that over with the fans. They kind of hate him, but they kind of love him. And that's in the spot that he's in. He can go either way. If you had a heel beat him up, you could get some heat on him. Because they kind of like Sammy. So anyway, I've seen heels like that before. And Sammy does it. He does it good. He does it willingly. And he makes a point of doing a good job every time out. So my hat's off to him. One of the best matches I think we saw on the card tonight was the women's tag team match between Team Bad and Team Live for Brutality, which is what they're calling Liv Morgan. And, uh, Are they calling them Team Bad? Because I'm pretty sure social media has already started calling them the Boston Glow Connection, Boston which I like, I like them better. Okay, fine. We'll, I'll go with that. I'm fine. They haven't called them Team Bad, but yeah, so we'll go with the – because they'd have to have Tamina in there for it to be Team Bad. Uh, so yeah, we'll go with Boston Glow Connection against uh, Live for Brutality. I thought this was a really, really fun matchup. They honestly, Sasha, Sasha was a master in this match of of putting Liv and Rhea over in this match in a big, big way. It really made me want like Liv to get the win at WrestleMania to finally like go over on somebody and win a championship. And but the match was great. Until we get Natalia and Shayna Baszler come trouting down to the ring. And here's my question, Sid. Why are these two together? They spent all of last year feuding over the tag team titles. <laughs> and now they're just like together. Like we can't even get one backstage promo where they're like, hey, we don't have a spot on the I hate you, you hate me, but we don't have a spot. Let's let let's get this get nothing. Nothing. They just start showing up and, and kicking people. And then Sonya puts them in the damn match. I, I don't I don't understand how they how they how they I did I, I actually do remember that I did watch last week actually because I know that uh Shayna and Naya and Natalia lost last week to just interfere this week and get a goddamn match at WrestleMania. Now you watched that language, buddy. 
You watch when that language. Seth Rollins, Seth freaking Rollins has to go curb stomp leprechauns on Jimmy Fallon, has to wrestle Kevin Owens to do a talk show with Stone Cold Steve Austin on Monday, and he doesn't have a match at WrestleMania, and all Shayna Baszler and Natalia had to do was interfere in a match to get one. This is just, like, throw logic out the door. That doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, but... I'm going to show a bunch of love to the four ladies involved in this match. This was a really fun matchup. I love uh, Naomi and, and Sasha Banks. They've been really coming together as a tag team the last couple of weeks with their attire, with the way they've been coming out together. They show very strong chemistry with each other. Sasha was definitely the MVP of this matchup, putting over Liv, putting over Rhea, kind of showing why she's one of the best women's wrestlers or best wrestlers, regardless of gender, in this entire company. And she showed it off in this one. Liv looked really strong. Michelle Rhea Ripley was a powerhouse. This, everyone looked good here. Even even Carmella and Queen Zelina outside the ring, they looked good. Natalia and uh, Shayna Baszler, well, you got two weeks to make them look good after this. You know, this was my first time of really seeing Ripley. What's her name? Ray Ripley. Rhea Ripley. That's a big girl. That's a big girl, and she's talented. So, and the match it was layered up. Those false finishes at the end, and did you hear the crowd? This is awesome. Yes. Because they, they didn't expect that out of a ladies' match. And I didn't either. Especially a but, tag team match. Because the women's tag team titles don't get that kind of... They got time. They gave both of these teams time well, as a major appetizer for WrestleMania, and they killed it. They call me and says, since Rick has been blasting us about not featuring the females, we've decided to give him one and put them on and let them go 10 or 12 minutes. You I know, said, it's about time they start listening yeah, to me. appreciate that. Yeah, the show would well, be a lot better if they listened to me about some other stuff too. I'm, I'm, I just want them to give them uh, eleven to twelve minutes at WrestleMania because I think with these eight women involved, they can have one of the better matches on night two of WrestleMania, and especially because that's the only women's match right now scheduled for night two of WrestleMania. You better give them above twelve minutes, please. Yes, for the love of God, yes. And I'll tell you what, like. Even McAfee said it on commentary, and I think maybe he got in trouble because he Cole cut him off like the second time he said it when he said these two ladies have been thrown together or these teams are makeshift and this, that, and the other thing. I think I think Cole cut him off on that, but he was saying everything that we've been saying. They just are putting these tag teams together to get the ladies on WrestleMania. We know that's what they're doing, but I'll tell you what, it's kind of working, at least for two of these teams. I like Rhea and Liv together. I love Sasha and Naomi together. I would like to see them stay together past WrestleMania. It already looks like they're setting it up for Zelina and Carmella to split after they drop the belts at WrestleMania. Cause of course they freaking are got to keep up the, the tradition of having the team who loses the belts, not be a team anymore once they drop them. But you're starting. This is the start of a division. You're starting to build some foundations there and they got something with these two teams. We'll see what happens with Natalia and Shayna, but they showed tonight if you give the women's tag team division some time, they can show out, and it's worth putting on television. Tonight, tonight was a good development for the tag team division. They were good. Let's talk about what I think was the best segment of the whole damn night, and that was Pat McAfee's promo. We touched on it earlier. Very good. Pat McAfee, I say this with no hyperbole whatsoever, he's the best thing about SmackDown. Pat McAfee, period, is the best thing about SmackDown. 
the guy. You know, I had a I had a bad thought doing that. What if they fired Pat McAfee and next week we had Corey out there? I'd turn it <laughs> yes. off. Yes, I would too. I would too. I would. God, they they got rid of McAfee for this, even though it is an angle. Please get Corey out of there. <laughs> I look. I don't think Corey Graves is bad at his job. I really don't. But Pat McAfee just has that. This that makes one of us. Pat yeah, that McAfee, makes one of that makes two of y'all. <laughs> that don't make me. Uh, I think. That I, don't make I, you. I, yeah, that no. makes one of you. I think no, I think I, Corey, I, Corey Graves used to be very good at his job until he got he got reprogrammed by the main roster, and now he's yeah, he's a he's a he's basically a, a caricature of what he used to be. Like he just, I want to ask just, a question: What does he do there now? Anything? He's they on just Raw. send he's him to the Raw commentary team. Okay. Yeah. Uh, That's why and, I don't watch Raw. <laughs> Jimmy but, Smith, who was not that good for starting off, I I prefer hearing him on Raw than Corey. Wow. Who would you rather have, Corey or Adman Verk on uh, commentary? I'll take Adman Verk. That was inter- It was entertaining to watch him fail at at his new job more than Corey Graves has been entertaining on commentary in quite some time. Um, no, but I I think Pat McAfee like. Even if he's like being a heel, even if he's being a douche or he's being a jackass, and like he's supposed, you just want to love him because he's so charismatic, he's so infectious. And then that apology, so he walks out of Vince's room or office, and he's just got this look on his face. He can sell with his face. He knows what he's doing. He's a tremendous actor. And Dutch, we touched on that last week. But then he gets in the ring and he starts cutting this amazing promo about why he's a wrestling fan and when he started watching and he's getting the crowd eaten up with all of the old classics and they're doing the what chance because that's what he does on his on his Sirius XM show or I guess when that was YouTube show, whichever it is now, but they're getting him going along with it. And then Austin Theory comes down to the ring and you could tell he doesn't want to apologize. And then he lays down one of the best apologies ever, including at the what did he, he ran off. He said, I'm sorry that you're a douchebag. I'm sorry that you're a punk bitch. And it that's See, they didn't they didn't need any kind of contact then. He apologized, kept his job, and then cussed him out. Yeah. And let's take it to Mania. That's the, the best thing they could have done. The the if best thing. If they'd had any kind of contact there. It would have. It wouldn't have killed it, but it wouldn't have been as good. The the best line for me was, "I apologize that you're a punk bitch." Like the way he <laughs> put the bass in his voice was was great. Like just the the starting off the promo saying, "I discovered professional wrestling," and the way he delivered that line was great. He even threw in, if you if you heard, he threw in some shade to the USA Network because he's on Fox and he's on on he's on SmackDown. He was like, "I I turned on a no name network named USA." <laughs> He's just great. He he tried to hit him up with the millions and millions, and then that's when uh, Austin Theory came out. He's just so charismatic. He oozes that charisma. Like I said earlier about Scott Hall, Pat McAfee has it. He has that if factor that not a lot of people have, and that's why I said with one promo, he's become one of the best talkers in this company because like Edge, like Paul Heyman, like Kevin Owens, the other people that I view as the best talkers, he is very unique and is different from everybody else that cuts promos on the mic. He was good. 
Very good. When I went to um, Extreme Rules in Columbus, Ohio last year, they do the introductions of the the commentators, and pretty often it's a pretty, eh, unless it's good old JR who always gets a pop, right? It's always, eh, for the commentators, even the legends. As soon as Seven Nation Army hits and Pat McAfee starts trotting down to the ring, I've never seen, outside of JR, a commentator get a freaking standing ovation from a packed arena before. That was months ago. People love this guy. And WWE's got something in him. And that's going to be, he better win at WrestleMania. God dang it. He better beat Austin Theory at WrestleMania. That's all I'm going to say. We had our, our main event. Bless you. Excuse me. Our main event match of the night was Kofi Kingston versus Ridge Holland. SB3, your thoughts? I had a thought on Ridge Holland. That guy's not ready. He is sloppy in that ring. No wonder Big E got hurt. The guy's, I don't think he's that, he's that talented to be in the spot he's in right now. Do you? The week after well, he gets well, injured, they they had this guy beat a former WWE champion. Are you kidding me? And they they literally teased Kofi winning, and then he still lost, even though the the referee kicks out Sheamus and Butch, um, and still he comes back in and causes the distraction to give Ridge Holland the win. It was just like, this was badly booked. Ending a finish did not like make Kofi Kingston look strong. Not even Ridge Holland pinning a WWE champion it made him look strong. I'm not, I'm not about blaming anybody for an accident like was last week, but I do agree with Dutch. He, he's just not, he's still very, very green at this point. Boy, he is. What I would have liked to have seen if they got on him, then we see the partner come out. What's yeah. the partner's name? The other no, one? I, I thought they were setting yeah, it up for, for King Woods that's to what, come that, out tonight. That's, that's what I thought, too. And the place would have erupted. Then they would have something. And they may be saving that for next week or week after or whatever. But that would be a, a, a good close for it. And I'm, I, I, I didn't mean to bring it up, but Bridge Holland is just not ready. He just he just does stuff that you can tell he doesn't have that much experience. Now what they see in him, I don't know. Maybe another English guy to put with Sheamus is the only thing I can see. He's not even that good a talker. And who's the other guy, Butch? I don't know even what he adds to it. I don't know. It's their deal. It's their baby. It's their problem. Let them deal with it. I I. I... There's a lot of things that bother me about this whole Butch situation, but the fact that they have him wearing that hat over the pony knob makes him look ridiculous. It really does. And then, can we stop with the suspenders, please? The suspenders don't stay on people. Madcap Mob, stop wrestling in suspenders. Let's stop having people get physical altercation with suspenders because they just fucking fly off. Somebody's going to get hit in the eye with one of those goddamn things. Absolutely. That's what's going to happen. Hope not. Shoutouts to Big E. We hope you get well soon. And he's been looking good so far on social media. So happy. His interview was good tonight. His interview was good. Yeah, I thought they put together a nice little package for him. And uh, yeah, his his videos that he'd been putting on social media, like to be that positive and that upbeat after something that horrific 
Uh, and I don't, I don't even know what to describe to that. It's, it's inspiring is what it is. It makes me think, you know, my, my little problems ain't shit, uh, to be, <laughs> to be completely honest with you. Um, one person we didn't see tonight SP three was the number two baby face on the, uh, SmackDown roster, the reigning intercontinental champion ricochet nowhere to be seen tonight. And now I think my worst fears and your worst fears about him winning that intercontinental championship are coming to fruition. He don't, he doesn't have a spot at WrestleMania. He's done. I mean, I've said that. So yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. There's, there's nobody left on the roster unless he takes big E's spot in a six man in the six man tag match against Sheamus's group. So it would be ricochet woods and Kofi against Holland, Sheamus and, and Butch at WrestleMania, I don't know what they're doing with Ricochet because they don't have anybody who can challenge for the IC title, which is a shame unless they bring somebody up. But sucks. <laughs> Just sucks. We're going to go a full year without the Intercontinental uh, title being defended on a pay-per-view. Sucks. Well, don't you think they've realized that by now that we don't have uh, Kofi on this card? Oh, no, I think Dutch, he, what he's trying to say without saying it is that we were right that Sammy should have kept the title and defended against Johnny Knoxville because then the Intercontinental title would have been defended at WrestleMania. Uh, no, you were wrong because they should give Ricochet a match. They should so, have booked him in no, a match. They, they were never going to do that. So, you, like I said, Rick, the best way to watch this company is by knowing this company. And me and Dutch tried to tell you that the best way to get the Intercontinental title on the pay-per-view was keeping it on Sammy and having it defended against Johnny Knoxville. But no, we can't have a celebrity go after a title. Oh, and well, congratulations. You played yourself. That was good. He's that was so good, feisty, man. isn't he? He always just, oh. anytime he thinks he's right, he's just got to like put the shovel on my throat, like Johnny Depp style and secret window. Like he's just got to take me, take my ass out. He just loves being right. He's not right. He, they should book Ricochet in a damn match. It ain't that hard. He it's loves that hard to match. You got two nights. You got two nights. You have 16 matches. Shouldn't be that hard to find an opponent for him four weeks out. Well, it would you know be. How long, you know how long you've lasted on creative about not very long because I have good ideas. About forty-five minutes. So I have that's good ideas. the worst. That's the worst thing you can have. Is Look, ideas. <laughs> no, they just want you to agree with them. So when you do that, you're fine. You might stay there at least three hours instead of forty-five minutes. <sighs> Wouldn't you like to see that, Sid? Wouldn't you like to see Rick of WWE creative for like a, a day or two? He come out there and he 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 pull his hair out. Exactly. He would he would age he would age six months in one day. I, I already have gray hair coming in. Well, I wasn't gonna say anything about that. But... <laughs> Why do you think I wear hats on this show? Okay. All right, so we got uh, seven minutes before the start of Rampage tonight, Sid. What are you looking forward to on this show tonight? Um, I, well, I'm looking forward to Keith Lee, seeing more of Keith Lee against uh, Max Caster. I'm looking forward to Max Caster uh, once again referring to Keith Lee as Cleveland Jr. That should be fun in his uh, rap before the matchup. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to to that. That's what I'm – yeah, and I think Darby Allen and, and Butcher should be a little bit of fun. But this seems like a nondescript episode of Rampage, which makes sense with the later start time. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's 1130. I don't think they're going to do anything 
so spectacular they're probably expecting a uh a light audience i don't know how many people are sticking around for an 11 30 show tonight Dutch, you staying up and watching rampage tonight well hell yeah i wouldn't miss that show i gotta help their rating am i staying up uh no i'm not <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, Dutch just needs a palate cleanser after watching SmackDown. Oh, oh my God. After I watch SmackDown, I'm not there. <laughs> I got to hit a few lines to wake up for 20 minutes. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. No, I don't do any kind of drugs, people. I'm sorry. It's just the line. <clears throat> but I've been, I've been enjoying Rampage. So what? Wait a minute. What happened to Keith Lee last week? Who who got him down? He beat him up. What was his name? It, it was it was Powerhouse Hobbs. But but Dutch, we we do have to ask you. What's your thoughts on the greatest event of this year and this week? Thunder Rosa becoming the new AEW Women's World Champion. Well, I I do like that girl. So she has a lot of fire. There's a lot too that she has to offer. I love when she does half English and half Spanish because she sounds so much more brutal when she does it in Spanish. And, you know, all the Spanish people sitting out there saying, they're popping to it. But I love when she does that because they talk fast. And But, I, but I'm at, so she is the champion now? Yep. She who, beat, who did uh, she beat Dr. Britt Baker in a cage match on Wednesday. Okay. And Dr. Britt, what is she going to do? She's gonna take some time off, or she's coming back. I don't she's know. really I don't... a dent- she's really a dentist, right? Yeah, she was at a working a working dentist. Yep. Okay. Right. She traveled home, got two hours sleep, woke up night after a cage match where she went through a pile of thumbtacks and was doing root canals or some shit on Thursday morning. Well, good for her. Yeah, I love her. She's great. I love that work ethic. I really do. I wish I had it. Uh, all right. So we'll give you guys some time here to get ready for Rampage, which again starts at uh, 1130. That's assuming all the basketball games are over. I haven't even it's, paid attention. It's going to start at 1140. There's still about five minutes left in the game. So, so what time does it start? Probably a, probably 1140 because five minutes of a basketball game usually goes about 20. That's true. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's my God. about 30 sometimes. How much time's so, left? Oh, five minutes. That's at 11 o'clock. It's like quarter to 12. I only got 15 seconds. What the hell? So I was, I was at work today, right? And I was doing, I had to cover some news for, for Columbus, in which that case I had to record it ahead of time. So I recorded the 2.30 news at 2 o'clock because that's when my shift ended. And my, my boss looked at me and was like, well, is this Ohio State game going to end before then? And I'm like, no, nah, man, there's 10 minutes left. He's like, yeah, but there's a half hour left in the game. I'm like, yeah, no, man, we're cool. Trust me, we're fine. This is an NCAA tournament game. Ten minutes is gonna go way past two thirty, and it did. I was right. Well, good. Dutch, any final thoughts before we sign off for the night? Well, no, but I, uh, I, I may watch Rampage just the first of it since we're really close to it. I may watch just a little bit of it. And the final thoughts are: I thought SmackDown. I would give it a six or seven. It's a maintenance show. But the first part kind of was the best part of it, Roman and uh, Brock. And the end was good, and he had a couple of that well, girls' match was great. So they were hit and miss, but by and large, a decent show. Some of it put me to sleep, but that's, that's 
that's the two hours. But it, it wasn't a bad show. Is all I can that's say. Why, if you want to get a hold of me, Dirty Dutch, Dirty Dutch Mantel with two L's at gmail.com. Sid, you got your show tomorrow. Yes, uh, go over to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, subscribe over there, hit your notifications to on. We go live at 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow, True Hill Heat 167. Hey, yo, we're going to be doing a tribute for Scott Hall. We'll have an announcement of a couple of new shows on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. So check it out. Join us live. And, of course, you can check Sid and myself out every Monday through Thursday morning at 7 a.m., starting at 7 a.m. It's available anytime after that. Uh, on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast channel uh, and the Believe in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel, that is B-L-E-A-V. Also, check out the YouTube channel. we got conversations right now up there with Levi Cooper, a.k.a. Tucky. Uh, getting caught up with him after his WWE release uh, last year. Also got chats with Wardlow, Corey Graves and Carmella, Jimmy Yang, uh, Alex Hammerstone, Santos Escobar. A lot of good stuff up there on the YouTube channel, so make sure to check that out. Again, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. We appreciate you guys staying up. Enjoy Rampage, which is supposed to start now, but eh, it's NCAA tournament basketball, so it probably started like 12.05. Uh, we'll be back next week at our regular time, 11.05 at night right here on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube, Twitter, Facebook channels. Enjoy your weekend, everybody.